Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spiegel. And today we are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is five ways to boost your e-commerce conversion, revenue, and profitability. Today's guest is the president and co-founder of 329, a Sacramento-based web design and online advertising group who believes online and mobile marketing solutions provide the best ROI and brand reach available to businesses. A big welcome to Kevin Howe. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. You know, before we we get into improving conversion, I'm, I'm curious right off, 329, it's a really interesting name for an agency. Is there a story behind that or how did that name come about? Yeah, so a little one. I was working um, at another agency locally and they found out they were eliminating my position, basically shrinking the agency down. Um, and it was on March 29th of 2010, so a couple of days before my 30th birthday. Uh, and I came home and I was talking to my wife and and I'd always wanted to start my own agency. And and she actually said, like, you should do it. You should call it 329. We found out today. Uh, and it just kind of stuck. And then my second son was actually born four years later on March 29th. So just wow. one of those, yeah, one of those days in my life that, that, that just historically has kind of moved me along. Cool. I figured there had to be a story because it's such a unique name. Yeah. Now, conversion, you know. Yeah. Improving conversion, battling can improve conversion. It's probably the biggest obstacle in a company's growth. So I'm excited to have you on to talk about it. Let's start with going through the five ways you mentioned in a recent blog post I saw. It was five ways to improve e-commerce conversion, revenue, and profitability mm -hmm. rate. Um, those five ways, I'd like to, to go through each and maybe dive yeah. into a little bit of detail if we can. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. So the first one you listed was page speed, which I was a bit surprised that, that it was the first one listed. Um, do you think it's because it's the most important or why Why did you list it first? Yeah, we listed it first um, because for me, it's one of the most overlooked. So there are other avenues that people look at, like uh, having reviews on your site and not, you know, whether or not they're available for people. But a lot of people don't look at page speed uh, with the tools that are available with sites like Shopify, where people can kind of spin up their own e-commerce, they're not looking at the technical side of it. And they're not looking to see how can I make this, this site perform better and therefore drive more conversions. And when we did these audits, we audited about 36 companies in the last year, all their e-commerce data, what's working, what's not working. And um, is almost is on almost nobody's radar. And so we start with it because it's technical and it, it does make a big impact. And there's study after study that kind of shows the, the better you can get with page speed, the better you're going to push your conversions uh, across kind of all sites, e-commerce related. Well, cool. and 
how are you measuring page speed? Yeah, so we use a couple of tools. The primary one, Google has a tool that's called Lighthouse. Um, you can also use it on their, they have a website where you can post it. And that becomes our main barometer of, of what we look at. And it's going to cover a bunch of different areas where page speed can be improved. Uh, and so what we do is we start with a report, run the site through this page speed report, and then take a look at where there's optimizations that we can do from a technical standpoint to help improve the, the speed of the site. And where are you satisfied with a client as far as, are you trying to get to 100% page speed and mm. trying to get to 80%? I mean, where, where is good, where is it limited returns, I guess, on your effort? Yeah, that's a good question. So our goal on an e-commerce site is between 60 and 70 uh, on their ranking. Most e-commerce sites, right, there's lots of photos. Sometimes you'll have videos, those sorts of things. Pages are pretty advanced nowadays. And you you're not going to get to like 80, 90, 100. And you can, but it's really hard and you and you do see diminishing returns. So if you can get something in the 60s to 70s, they're loading quickly. If you can get 70 to 80 on mobile by hiding certain pieces of content, by not loading some images, maybe taking a video that doesn't get a lot of views on mobile and hiding it so it's not loaded, um, those numbers are really, really good. A lot of the sites that we come across have paid speeds that when Google's ranking them are in the low teens to single digits. So you're taking a site that Google looks at and says like, okay, the paid speed here is a seven, which Im impacts your search engine optimization, right? And it impacts your conversion. Now, the next thing on your uh, article on improving conversion was mm -hmm. enhanced checkout flow. What, can you go into some detail on that? Yeah, so checkout flow for us is there's this battle between single page and multi-page and how somebody moves through the checkout process to get them committed to purchase, right? You can come from an ad, you add a product to your cart, um, and then as you go through that checkout process, there's different points where people can fall off. And what you want to look at is where are they falling off? Is a, is a single page work, checkout working or should you go to a multi-page? Um, this ties in a little bit to shipping, right? Where are we showing shipping? How are we showing shipping? Um, we know that in general, a multi-step multi checkout works better than a single page uh, because your people are inputting content slowly over time and, and they get a little bit more committed, right? So they input their name, their email address, and they go into their shipping and they go into their billing. And at each step, they're, they're completing a small task and moving towards, towards that purchase. And so we want to look at where they're falling off. So one of the reports that we look at is all those steps of checkout, are they falling off at a certain field, right? Do they fall off when shipping shows up? Do they fall off when credit card shows up? And then working through those adjustments so that you can, um, you can get people to move from step to step to step better, right? And a lot of times people have a one-page checkout and we'll work to move them into a multi-step. Have you ever found an instance where a uh, single checkout with your shipping and your building all on one page performed better than a multi-checkout process? Um, not in what we were looking at. We were looking at AOVs in the sub $200 range, right? So you're looking at beauty products and health products and things like that. Um, and in almost every scenario, all the ones that we looked at, by moving to a multi-step, we saw an increase in conversion. That's good to know. Yeah. 
Now, the next number three is a, a really interesting one. It's um, you have make shipping a benefit and not a deterrent. I, 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 I like the saying, but let's let's dive into it a bit more as far as making it a benefit. Yeah, so shipping is this because of Amazon, right? Everyone wants free shipping, right? And there are e-commerce brands that, that just can't afford it, right? And so what we want to do is have a customer understand when they can like qualify for free shipping. So as a good example, because we do a lot of this on Shopify, Shopify, a lot of Shopify themes have like a utility nav that's at the top of the screen and it'll have something that says, hey, free shipping over $50. And then it goes away, right? It disappears. So the customer doesn't see it. They don't understand that, hey, I'm going to buy one pair of shorts for $30. And if I also buy a shirt, I'm going to get free shipping. So they add that product to that, say those first, those shorts to the cart. And there's nothing that alerts them that like, hey, you can get free shipping as a benefit, right? If you add this, another product to your cart, you're going to qualify for free shipping. And what we don't see a lot, right? You'll see it in a really, 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 really large brand. But when you look at kind of your mid-market brands, they're not looking at like, how do I convert shipping into a, into a um, something that someone can earn? Right, and where they can say, hey, if I buy one more product, I can get free shipping because they've put it in this little bar or they put it on one little text line on their page and then they're hiding. And they're not thinking through the fact that somebody is adding a product to the cart and then they need to know that, oh, I can get rid of this $10 shipping charge, right? I can buy a pair of pants and those, you know, I can then add a shirt for $20 and the effective cost of that shirt is really only 10. So explaining right. that to the customer We've seen good bumps in conversion where we'll put just a simple box, Andy. It's not as complex as you would think. And we would say you're $12 away from free shipping, right? Buy a shirt to support if you have a pair of pants. So if you have a shirt in your cart, it might say go buy a pair of shorts to support it. And those have helped not only increase conversion, but increase uh, AOV as well. Yeah, you know, it's really popular, of course, to have the free shipping threshold. Um, mm -hmm. How do you, when a client comes in, how do you determine what that threshold is? Yeah, so part of that is uh, what their profit margin is, right? So if they're selling a, pro a product and they have enough margin where selling two of them, they can cover free shipping and, and what the cost to ship is. Um, we also want to look at what a customer is willing to spend, right? So if we know you're your average product is $25 and your average order is 40, we don't want to make free shipping $75, right? You want to push that client, that customer a little bit. So you might say, hey, we, we sell a $25 product. We want free shipping to be two products, which is $50. And we make X amount on it and then we can bundle the shipping. So you look at the cost of shipping, the, where the profit margin is and where you think you can expand that customer's purchase to, to generate more revenue. So it really all comes down to knowing your numbers. You have to know your numbers. And, and that's the other thing that's surprising is a lot of these companies don't know their numbers, right? They don't know what the conversion numbers are. They don't know the profitability numbers. And so you want to understand that and then make those decisions, right? So if you're not making enough money on a product to cover free shipping at any point, then you can't offer it, right? So you have to figure out what's your pricing, how many of these can I get people to sell, um, and get them into a, a buying pattern where they say, hey, I'm, I can see the value of buying one more product because free shipping is, is going to become 
um, is going to become available to me and the company is still making money. Because you can't sell these products at a loss. You know, I'm curious, have you ever tested how far above the average order value you could test? You know, if the average order value is 40, have you tested making the ship free shipping threshold 50 versus 75 versus 100? Um, we've tested it from client to client. We haven't gone in. I mean, you we test it in tiers where you're going to raise up, right? So if, if your free shipping is 100, we might recommend bring it down, right? Hey, how many products can you sell? And then you'll definitely test pushing it up. What we've generally found is we look at it as kind of like product number two, right? There's only a certain amount of products people are going to put their cart. You, you, you know, you may not want to buy 10 shirts and a bunch of pants at once. And so we want to get a free shipping down to a number where people are going to make a consistent purchase. So for fashion, apparel, things like that, two to four items, right? Somewhere in that range. Beauty products might be a little bit more, um, but you do want to test it. And so what we advise customers to do is say, okay, if you know you can be prop profitable at $75 AOV, let's put free shipping at $80. Now let's put it at 85 or 90 and see where they start to drop off. And once you know that number, you now have a, a barometer, right? You can go in and say, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna run free shipping under 90 and it's when it converts the best. It's where we get the highest AOV and we can people are still converting at a good number. Now, when you're testing stuff like this or, or anything else you're testing, are you doing A-B testing? So you're comparing the same kind of timelines or how, yes. how do you do that? Yeah, so we'll test either, like usually we're going to test a previous um, time frame that correlates to where we are. So like we don't want to look at what conversions are in March compared to like Black Friday, right? Like that's right. not a, those aren't comparable. We want to know, hey, if you're, if you're, Trends are seasonal. We want to know what did like Q2 of 2023 do compared to Q2 of 2022. Um, and then we will run A-B tests with the, the changes that we make. So if we go in and we retool a shipping, uh, shopping cart, we'll have all our baseline data and then we'll watch what's happening with the updated cart. And then we generally iterate on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. Got it. Now, number four in your articles probably was the most confusing and <laughs> and probably the most difficult to implement as well, but it was optimize ad continuity. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit better? Yeah. So this is uh, one of my favorite ones, and this goes into buying psychology. So you run ads, right? We're running ads for, for a brand, and let's say it's, it's a lifestyle ad for a mountain bike company, right? The ad could be a video or an image and it's somebody riding their bike in this forest with their friends or whatever, right? When we think about the psychology of marketing and buying, yes, they're buying the bike, but they're also buying that experience, right? They're buying what that ad kind of makes them feel. And what we see a lot is we'll have ads that have a lot of that in it, a lot of messaging thought into it, a lot of image thought, what should we be showing? You click and you go to a, a site and it's a mountain bike on a white page, right? And it's got all these specs on the side and a button. And it's this idea that I'm going to, I saw the ad and I'm just going to buy the bike. And that's not how people work. And that's not what they're clicking to see. And so where we see an increase in conversion is it, it can be as simple as taking that hero image, that the white, the bike on a white background and using a similar image to your ad so that their psychology, their buying psychology and their, their attitude when they go from the ad to the landing page stays intact. 
And we want, there's brands that do this really well where you're not selling, I mean, they're selling clothing, right? But you're selling that lifestyle and you want to take that lifestyle into the product side. And what we find is a lot of companies don't think about it that way. It's like, okay, I ran my ad, this is one silo. And then I clicked and I landed on my landing page or my product page or even my homepage, which really we never very rarely recommend as well. But you land on this product page and now that entire lifestyle, that entire messaging, that entire feeling is gone and it creates a break. And we want to try and keep that together when you go from ad to product page. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um... I guess a follow-up question I would have, and, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but you know, some marketing platforms, Google Shopping comes to mind, or, or people that are selling stuff on Amazon, you have to have it on a white background. So how do you get around this yeah, so, with the ad continuity? Yeah. So for us, we are looking at your own e-commerce platform here, right? So when you have requirements of, of Google and Amazon that's going to be harder. There are ways within those platforms, like Amazon, you can have additional photos. Um, I also think there's a very different buying process on Amazon than there is on a D2C brand, right? If I'm buying a bike on Amazon, it's it's just a different way of shopping. And, and some of those things aren't, you can't do, right? You can't increase your the cart. Amazon has their own right. cart, it is what it is, right? Um, and so, we haven't really looked at those as much where you're you're going from an ad to say an Amazon store. Now, finally, number five was you have making the product detail pages a smooth gateway to yeah. purchase. Yeah, so this is another interesting one. And I think for me, this comes with the advent of these, you know, these tools like Shopify is amazing because anyone can go start a store, right? And there's there's companies that are doing you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year on Shopify with their themes and things like that. But when you have these tools, what happens is people aren't looking at like, how is the page structured? And so what you can have is someone click, clicks on an ad, they go to a product detail page and the, the mobile layout, right? They're on their phone. The mobile layout puts the, the size selector and the add to cart button all the way at the bottom. So now I've got to scroll like four phone screen lengths before I can add the product to the cart. It's just a lot of friction. It's a lot of extra work to ask the consumer to do. And just by taking the time to look at a product page and say, okay, you came from an ad or you found this organically or, or however, we know the majority of traffic is mobile. We want you to be able to buy as easily as possible. So we're going to reorganize this page. So there's a photo that you can see. So you know what you're buying but your selection options are above the fold. And maybe your product detail pages are below the fold, right? So if you wanna know the specs on this mountain bike, right? How big are the wheels? Well, how big is the frame, all that? You don't need that at the top of the screen. You need that down below, right? And you want the buying options, the size selectors, the, those sorts of things to be up as high as you can possibly do. And people just don't look at it, right? And, and that's why we kind of wrote this article and that's what we were looking at is what are the things that people aren't looking at that we came across time and time and time and time again. And it was, hey, I have a theme. I dropped in my photos. I put my content. I'm ready to go. It's like, well, your theme's not optimized. It's costing you money because you're not looking at how people are actually purchasing um, and how they're using your site. Yeah. You know, I find very similar. Uh, a lot of my clients, I'll tell them that they should 
place an order at least once a week, a test order on both your mobile mm -hmm. and your desktop. But it's um, amazing how seldom that's done. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that we've seen is, I mean, everybody's busy, right? And so they get a site up or they, you know, somebody comes in and they're the head of e-commerce for this, this brand and they come in and it's like, well, the site's already there. And they're not in a position to say, let's rebuild this whole thing or let's scrap what we're doing. And so you just end up with these pages and these processes that are, aren't being looked at consistently. And, and that to me is, is a real opportunity for people to go in and say, we haven't looked at page speed. We haven't really looked at our cart or our shipping or, or all these things. We're using the template. I inherited this template from my predecessor, right? And it just is what it is. And there's a lot of optimization that can be, do, can be done on an e-commerce site to, to improve sales. Yeah, I mean, all five of your suggestions are, are fantastic. Um, now, I didn't see anything about, and I was so surprised that you didn't mention, but anything on the homepage or branding aspects of the website or, or even more surprising, adding testimonial or other trust factors. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to omit these kind of things that could increase conversion? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we chose these five because they were consistent across the dozens of e-commerce brands that we were auditing in the last year. Um, most sites had reviews, right? And and getting reviews and trust factors are important. Um, but we were trying to look at the things like, what aren't people looking at? What are those other things that like everyone knows you need to review, right? We have to keep brands consistent. But no one's talking about page speed. And so we wanted to bring up, bring to light the things that weren't talked about as much. Um, we don't, as an agency, focus as much on the homepage because landing pages, product detail pages, those sorts of things are where we generally recommend ads to be ran, right? And because then you have that one-to-one -one continuity, right? If you if you have an ad for a for a women's product and it goes to the homepage, but the homepage is featuring men's products because it's say Father's Day, you now have a break in continuity, right? And we're going to want you to go from that from that ad to the product page or to a say a women's focused landing page. Um, and so we didn't really like touch on some of that stuff when we were doing it. Yeah, no, I mean that's what I figured. Although, uh, just an interesting tidbit. Um, Speaking of trust factors and testimonials, I was actually was reading last week that the number one trust factor on a website more than testimonials is. Do you, do you know what it was? No, I don't. I, no, I, don't. I put you on the spot there, but it's having, your, it's having your phone number was the number one uh, trust factor, even more than testimonials. So I thought that was... Uh, a great tip for, for those e-commerce websites who don't have it yeah. listed, you should. I'll have to look that up. That's interesting. It makes sense, right? Because having that phone number indicates that you're, say, a real business, right? That you're, like, legitimate, even if yeah, exactly. you're not going to call it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, I mean, you gave a lot of stuff here today. Um, if you were going to give somebody action steps, I mean, it's kind of hard. Again, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot and you'd be doing it blind. But what would, where would you start for a company that wants to improve their conversion? What, what should they look at? Yeah, so I would, the first place I would start, and even though it's out of order in, in what we wrote, is I would start with the ad continuity. So the first place I would go is ad continuity. Um, 
you want the ads to match where they're going. You want to keep that consistent mentality, that consistent psychology for that customer. So I would start there. It's also one of the easiest, right? So you can take an e-commerce manager who doesn't know the technical size and page speed, but you can just go, they can look at an ad and say, okay, this ad has lifestyle. My product page doesn't have lifestyle. I can very easily reorder photos, upload a new photo, right? You can very easily do that. So I would start there. Um, Paid speed would be my number two. And it's a technical endeavor to take it on, but um, it will it will absolutely improve conversion. And, and it's like waiting in line. People are only going to wait in line so long. And if you're waiting in line for the, the pages to load and images to load and things like this, um, people just leave. It's just part of, part of what they do when they're buying online. So I would start with ad continuity and then go right into page speed would be the first two I would look at. Do you think websites should use conversion rate optimization companies? Absolutely. I think you have to find one that knows your industry um, and knows both the technical and like the ad branding side, right? Because what we see a lot of is people just run ads and they don't, they're don't, they're not worried about what the conversion on the site is doing, right? Because they're just running ads. And you need to have technical knowledge in order to improve these things. You need to know how to go into Shopify and update the, the, the theme so it can have different sidebars so you can alert to shipping. You know how to build pop-ups and how to collect newsletter information. So I absolutely do. And I think it's really important to look at, we call it both sides of the coin. You can't just look at the ads, right? Like, you know, this. you can't just go in and be like, oh, I'm going to optimize my ads and everything's great. You have to look at what the site is doing. Um, and a lot of companies that we've come across, they don't have in-house staff that know how to do these things, right? Their staff is more on the e-commerce, the marketing, the branding side, um, and having somebody in your court with the technical knowledge to increase page speed, to rebuild your cart, to rebuild product pages so they convert better is all going to help you win in the long run. So you deal a lot with e-commerce companies. What changes do you see on the horizon in the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the buzz right now is everyone's talking AI, right? Um, I think AI is going to be part of it. I don't know in what factor yet. I think things like chatbot shopping is going to take off where you can just go in and say, I'm looking for a, a black polo and it's going to say here's two and you can one click buy if you have an account. Um, I'm really curious. I know it's brand new, but I'm curious what, like when they monetize threads, like what's going to happen with advertising from, you know, is it going to move from Twitter to threads and how, like in this tech-based environment, what are the ads going to look like? Those sorts of things I think are, are going to be interesting as well. Um, and I think it's going to be continued put into mobile, like more and more and more mobile, right? We're seeing the majority of clients are optimizing at the mobile level. People are shopping on their phones more. The younger generation coming in, they're not on computers like they, like, you know, I was growing up. And, um, and at some point, this scale is going to be so heavy and mobile that you really have to optimize for that experience. You have to optimize for somebody who's not on Wi-Fi and know that that younger generation, that newer buyer that's coming in, that's how they're, that's how they're shopping. That's the technologies that they're using. Hello there, this is Andy. I wanted to take a 
quick break from the show and talk to you for just a minute about the new golden ticket program that I've introduced inside Make Each Click Count University. I know it sounds fancy, right? But what's the golden ticket all about? Each month, members of Make Each Click University receive a golden ticket that they can use to access any of our certified courses. Certified courses include courses on Facebook, Google Ads, Pinterest, SEO, and more. Look, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel just like an expert, then this program is for you. Perhaps you're looking to train someone on your team or you're looking for a career in digital marketing. Well, either way, this program is the program you've been waiting for. In addition, when you become a member to Make Each Click County University, you'll get immediate access to all of our in-house courses, timely training videos, access to all three of my books, and access to our monthly mastermind meeting. All this at a recently reduced price. So go on over to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com for all the details and sign up. I guarantee it's going to be the best decision you make today. Now, back to the show. Now, we had touched at the beginning of our um, our episode today on 329 and how you got the name for your agency. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious that have there been any business books that have inspired you on your journey as an entrepreneur? Oh, man. Yeah. So we, um, the first one I would say is called Traction which is a business operating plan that it's for EOS and it goes through a process on how to run management meetings, how to set quarterly goals, how to knock out those tasks, things like that. Um, that's one of my favorites. Everyone from our leadership team reads that. We run L10s in our business on, on a uh, weekly basis. Um, I also think uh, Built to Sell, if you've read Built to Sell, is kind of a, a big one. It's well known, but it um, helped me look at the business in a way of how do we focus, right? Like you can't do everything. So how are you going to focus? What are you going to focus on? What are you going to get really, really good at? And then repeat over and over and over and over again. And I think um, as an entrepreneur coming, coming to business, it was like, we'll do whatever, we'll take whatever. And when we started to hone down, we were able to dive deeper into the things that are going to affect our clients um, and bring more to the table. So it's that kind of like deep approach to we do this really well. Um, those are the two that I, I love the most. I'm in the middle of um, another one. I can't think of the name though. Um, so what do you, uh, what do you guys do really, really well at 329? Yeah. So we are, our ethos is in, you know, design development and marketing and where we're really good are in those hard challenges. So it's kind of the stuff that we've been talking about today. How do you eke out, 15 points of paid speed for a client, right? How do we put in systems like Mixpanel or Iterable or these journey tools so that we can collect personal information and then remarket um, and solve those complex problems where marketing, development, and creative come together? That's where we're really good, right? Hey, we have a client come to us, say, we don't know how to do this. We need to get all this data into Mixpanel and then into Salesforce, and then we need to run marketing. And then we need to optimize the e-commerce. Like, um, that's where we are at our best, solving those hard problems that aren't, you can't just find on Google, right? You can't just go to Google and say, how do I fix my page feed? Like, you have to know what you're doing, and, and that's where we're really successful. And you had mentioned Shopify quite a few times. Do you work exclusively with Shopify stores? Do you work with WooCommerce? Do you BigCommerce? What, uh, what are your yeah, clients so the three yeah, the three platforms that we do most WooCommerce are Shopify, WooCommerce, uh, and Magento. Um, we don't do as much Magento anymore. Um, 
And one that's coming in is Salesforce, picking up a little bit of steam, Salesforce e-commerce products. Um, and those are the ones that we primarily focus on. We'll build custom Shopify sites, we'll build custom WooCommerce sites, modify them, conversion optimize them, all that sort of stuff. So who is the perfect client for 329? If they're out there listening, they should hop on a call with you. That's a great question. Thank you. So we, I would say if you're an e-commerce company doing 25 million and up and you need help on how to get your website to perform better, how to get your entire marketing ecosystem uh, working better and helping you sell product, we, that's where we excel. And those are the types of companies that, that we can work with and we can, we can help increase, increase their revenue, increase their conversion, those sorts of things. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you guys? Uh, best way would be our website. It's 329.com and the three is spelled out. So it's P-H-R-E-E, -E, the number two, the number nine.com. Uh, we have all our information on that site. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and our, we have a profile LinkedIn where we post content as well. You can find us on. That's really the social platform we focus on. Great. Well, this has been a lot of fun today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? No, I don't think so. I appreciate you having me on. Great. Well, thanks for joining us again today, Kevin. Thank you. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding 329 or connecting with Kevin, you'll find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of the contact information in case you would like more information, any of the services I have discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. <laughs>